0: You can't fight, he said, withstand. You can't withstand, he said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What, don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why
1: does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for and our granddaddy did it like that. Let's change it just a little bit. You change it and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men.
0: Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist.
1: Hello and welcome, David Baker here. Welcome to the next episode of the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. I am David Baker, one of your hosts. I'm the pastor of the Family Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, and vice president of Independent Baptist Online College, married to my wonderful wife of 31 and a half years. We have 11 children, seven grandchildren, and more on the way. If you missed episode zero, make sure you go back and get that. It'll explain a lot of what we're doing and why. And I'm here with my co-host, Tim Peterson, who is my son-in-law and our youth director. Tim, how are
2: you? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be here.
1: Awesome. And uh, so, how are you doing? How's life? Uh, how was soul winning today?
2: It was good. We had a great day. Um, the last few weeks have been have been really really neat. Um, out on our bus route, been taking some of the teen guys out, and uh, there was two saved out today. And then another group. Um, some of the girls who went out got to see uh, several people saved today, and then uh, some people interested in coming to church and things like that. It was it was a blast. We had a great time
1: you mean there are still people that want to trust christ as their savior and still want to grow really is that still the case
2: yeah contrary to what people uh change their beliefs on people still appreciate the gospel at their door and they still appreciate someone who cares about them it was interesting i spoke to a guy um today so one of our bus riders um who's been coming faithful he's uh 14 coming faithful on the bus in the teen department um his his dad's no longer in the home but his mom is dating a guy and and anyway so we stopped by his house today and um and our bus rider he wasn't there so um and the mom wasn't there so the mom's boyfriend was there and uh i got to speak to him and he's already saved but when i first i didn't know if he was already saved so I, i just asked him and uh seeing if he knew for sure he was on his way to heaven and he was very hesitant in his answer, uh, and I asked him, you know, what do you think someone would have to do to go to heaven? And when I went, uh, when he started to answer, he was very, very hesitant, and 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 it, it ended up being just Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I just told him, man, that is awesome. I was, and I went through with him, and I just gave him a couple of verses, and I said, look your answer is absolutely correct. You don't ever have to hesitate with that answer. I was like, if someone ever comes to you again and asks you, you can say, man, I know because my Bible told me that Jesus Christ is the way. And he was excited because I was telling him, just giving him assurance that you can know you have eternal life. And we had a great time talking to him, just assuring him, hey, your faith in Jesus Christ, that is correct. Beautiful. That's all that's needed. And it was it was a good time. we We just had a great day out. And we did, I picked up
1: uh, one of the guys from our men's home who's a felon, who's out of jail and uh, wanting to do right. He asked me, hey, can I go sewing with you this week? I said, sure. So um, picked him up and we're just driving through a neighborhood, saw a guy washing his car, got out, talked to him, Uh, his name was Drake. And um, he thought he'd go to heaven. He goes to church and uh, didn't know why. Anyway, got saved and so excited. And when I asked him, I said, okay, if you had died yesterday, according to the Bible, where would you be right now? And his eyes got real big and he goes, man, I, I, I would have been in hell. Yep, that makes today important. And yeah. uh, then we went, uh, knocked on some doors and uh, the first door, the guy came to the door and the guy named Kevin and invited him to church. He goes, okay, and then uh, let me ask you, do you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven? And here's his response. He said, I don't know, but you know, I've been thinking a lot about it lately. My wife just died of cancer. He was 58 years Wild. old. And I said, well, I'd love to share that with you. And, uh, he said, yes. And he trusted Christ as a savior. Just so excited. Anyway, it's just, it was, it was, I loved it. But for Josh, for the guy that uh, went with me, yep. I'm like man, that was amazing. That was incredible. I mean, both, both people that got saved. He was so excited getting to see God use us and to realize there are people that want to know how to go to heaven. They just need someone to tell them. So
2: absolutely. Um, anyway. And, and, and for, for those who sometimes question or, or, or question if door to door soulening matters, um, my my dad and my grandpa and my uncle too, but they were led to the Lord by a guy who is uh, who was out visiting years ago, decades ago, out visiting and looking for toys in the yard because he knew it would be a family with some kids and was going to invite them to the church and on the church bus. And he went and knocked on my grandpa's door, led my grandpa to the Lord. Later, my dad and my uncle got saved, and that led to just our family and and uh, being in church and 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 salvation and all from a soul winner so the value of someone who's listening to the holy spirit and giving out the gospel uh, i'm beyond grateful awesome. uh for for a soul winner
1: well heaven's going to be a wonderful place to get to uh thank that. Man. Yeah. who was that preacher that um led your grandfather and dad and uncle to christ
2: uh, so the pastor it wasn't a pastor who who led them to the Lord but you're talking about what church did they go to well, or
1: uh, so a layman a layman led him to Christ
2: yeah it was a yeah yeah it was wow. it was a layman and uh his name is his name was Robert that's actually where I get my middle name from wow. so those of you listening you know my middle name but uh yeah it was his name was his name was Robert and he was out just looking for toys in the yard and thankfully my dad and my uncle left their toys in the yard <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: that's great hey um so a couple of disclaimers and uh and uh information um, by the I remind you sometimes we may talk too fast, but on your podcast uh, <laughs> uh, player you can turn down the speed the Tim I was just listening to uh, one of our podcasts on on a higher speed, 1.5. Um, and I loved it. It was awesome. It felt like a boxing match uh, going back and forth. But um, it, but if you don't like it that fast, you can turn us down. Um, also, if you have a question, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. The Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. And to be honest with you, Tim, I. I'm excited. Um, We got a whole lot of emails and they were all good and uh, appreciated it. Thankful, good thoughts. And I really thought I was going to get that we would get more hate mail, but we haven't yet. So uh, I'm sure it will stir up the haters, but it has been a blessing um, for the ones that we had. Now we did have one thing that happened. Um, Someone, Totally blocked me on social media uh, because of this podcast. I wonder can you, why can you believe that i, I don 't know <laughs> I, I thought he would be hungry and want to know truth but um, but literally right after we dropped that first uh, episode one boom i 'm blocked and so uh anyway, pray for him, hopefully he will uh see the truth and be able to uh, get help so um, all right so what we 're going to talk about and like I said good uh uh good responses so far but um do you think we'll ever have a controversial episode for the tim do you think
2: no no never <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll never have that probably everyone will be to somebody but uh and this one probably will be but i believe it'll be very very helpful and so if you can understand this i love this verse look twenty-two, thirty-one. here's jesus said to simon he said simon simon behold satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Uh, I wish everyone would put their name in there. David, David, Tim, Tim, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan wants to take every person who is serving God and he wants to sift you. And he wants to take you and scatter you in pieces so you will not bring forth fruit, much fruit. You will not do the things that God wants us to do. Literally, so many of the podcasts here will be talking about things that are enemies of soul winning, enemies of winning people to Christ. We didn't plan to talk about that, but that's just part of life, winning people to Christ, seeing people that need to be saved. And um, if you can understand Satan wants to have you, how is he gonna get you? And so um, the false doctrine is rampant in churches and we know what's gonna happen. The Bible says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So how can we avoid that? How can we avoid making sure that we will not be in that? The time will come, okay, and it is now here when people are not going to endure sound doctrine. I'm sure there's not one person listening um, who says, yeah, that, 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 I want that to be me. We want to be able to endure sound doctrine. So how do we avoid that? Brother Tim, part of it is to be careful where you learn doctrine where you learn doctrine. So many times people are listening to others that they don't know, that aren't solid, that have changed in so many things and they're getting their doctrine from them. And I knew a couple of these verses, but when I did a study on it, it was amazing to me how many times they talked about things like this. So we need to be careful where we learn our doctrine from. And I know people get haters on that because truth is truth and you can learn it from anywhere. Um, You better be careful and listen to all these verses of what God says and how and where we're supposed to get our truth. So uh, Proverbs 24, 21 says, My son, fear thou the king uh, the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. Meddle not. Don't hang around them, don't listen to them, don't play with them. Um, meddle not with them that are given to change. And so many times, preachers, you look what they used to believe and where they are now, what happened, they've been given to change. My pastor would, for the house, would often say, Guys, change is a position. What? Change is a position. Once you start changing, that becomes your position. And where you stop, nobody knows. And so we're to avoid them that are given to change. So, Brother Tim, I know you're uh, a lot younger than uh, me, but uh, have you seen that even in your uh, young age of um, people that are, boy, what happened? Uh, (laughs) They, like, changed everything.
2: Yes, definitely. And change with people who, who um, start to change, I think typically it begins with a question. And just thinking through from the beginning of time, the first uh, initial change that took place on a doctrine or on a position came from a question. When it was Eve in the garden, Satan says, yea, hath God said. And he questioned God's truth that he the truth that God told Adam which then told Eve and said yea hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden question mark he questioned the truth that she had been taught and it came from a question and a lot of times people's change comes from all of the sudden these questions that people are putting out there and question what you believe because truth never uh, fears a challenge. Question this, question that, question this, and they get to a point of questioning so many things uh, that it ends up down a path where they're questioning. At a certain point, they get to a point of questioning even if God is even real. And it started with a question, and I feel like many of the people that I know that ended up changing, they they followed someone who said, "Hey, you should question." Uh, what you were taught. You should question all these things. and, and questions uh, though, uh, though challenges many times are good when it is a base, when it's against truth and you have the truth. Um, I think that we just we got to stick to what God said and, uh, and be careful and, and being walk, walking carefully because Satan was the first one to start putting out the questioning right. uh, mentality.
1: Boy, that is so true, and there's so much in the Bible on that. It's amazing. First um, Timothy six um, four. He is proud knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words. Second Timothy two twenty three, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, uh, knowing that they do gender strikes, Titus 3, 9, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable in vain. And exactly right, when you see what people and what's happened, uh, someone questioned it, oh no, I don't know, and then they go to the wrong place to get the answer. Yes, truth can handle scrutiny, but where you go to get the answer is such a big deal and yes. um, won't have time yes. for this episode to get into to that a lot. But I um, uh, have a big illustration of where I would be right now, biblically, if I had not gone to the right place to get um, to get the answer. So we're to avoid them that are given yep. to change. People say, oh, fundamentalists, they never change anything. Um, and, and that's not true. There are many things um, that we change in our church. We change uh, Color of the pews. Hey, we did. We changed uh, hymn books yep. uh, this year and got some <laughs> new books. Change isn't bad. Change is necessary. Um, but most of the time, the change, it, it becomes from a lifestyle or a habit of something uh, about which they're discontent. And when that happens, where they end up and where they go, nobody knows. I want to be consistent. I want to be solid. I love First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable unmovable. Um, I love it. I've had the same phone number for 25 plus years. We lived at the same address for 23 years. Um, There are some things we should be very slow to change on. James 1.9, it says uh, we're to be slow to speak, slow to wrath. I think also slow to change. It's amazing how quickly people, boom, they just change and now they're drinking and they change churches and they change their standards and they change their Bible and they change almost everything. It's like, what in the world happened? Why did that? And you start to see who they're listening to where they're, quote, getting their truth from, and um, and boy, they criticize us for saying that, but when you look at what God says, um, God has very specific places where we're supposed to get that. So many times what Satan does is he's appealing to the flesh. Wow, this is new. This is neat. We like this at TV marketing. It's always something new and improved. <laughs> they never say, uh, this is old yep. and, uh, and solid. No, it's new and improved, and that's what the commercial appeal to the flesh is. Uh, and so many churches, are that way also it's something new and fun and exciting appealing to the flesh and that change leads to confusion and constant change leads to an insecurity about what do you believe i love it there's a great phrase of the uh prodigal that i've heard preached and it's uh don't sell the farm uh when the kids go away from god don't sell the farm continue to believe and live and do the things that are right and one day when they come back guess what they see you haven't changed. And um, I've been preaching now 30, yeah. it'll be 33 years in June. And uh, we've had people that left our church and moved away and came back and said, wow, you haven't changed at all. And boy, I like that. And and you want that because not to be given to change. And there's things you grow in, and we'll talk about how to handle that. Um, but to be careful not to be given to change, we need to be slow to change. And honestly, I think we need to be careful by watching and seeing where people go. I know Brother Tim, there's so many guys I went to school with and friends, and you look and see where they are now and what they're doing, and that scares me. I do not want to be a castaway, and that is exactly what Paul said, and it seems like there's so many people, they don't think through and realize where they're going to be and what's going to happen to them. Um, Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I had preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And, and honestly, I think about that often. I, I do not want to get on a track where down the road I go, wow, what happened? How did I get here? Um, and honestly, it comes from a lot of it, what we're talking about today. So, all right, let me get into some of this. And um, here's the big one. First um, Corinthians chapter four, verse 14. Paul said, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. So Paul's concerned about them. And here's what he said. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ. What does that mean? You're going to have 10,000 people you're going to learn things from. How many different teachers and preachers that are gonna come through and missionaries, you're gonna learn something from all of them. Amen, praise the Lord, we're glad with that. Yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. be followers of me. Paul was saying, and he's gonna say this often, be careful what you learn, where you learn from. You're gonna have many instructors, 10,000, he said. You got one spiritual father, I begot you, I led you to Christ, I taught you. I was your pastor, I was your evangelist, I was your missionary, I came to you. Hey, without me coming to you, you wouldn't even be saved. Who showed you how to go to heaven? What did they believe? What did they teach you? And so the danger is hearing one of these instructors, one of these TV people, radio people, podcast people, YouTube people, these, these entities. And we start, oh wow, that's neat, I've never heard that. Ooh, I like that, that's really neat. And we get on that path and where we end up, what is gonna happen, No, nobody knows. And uh, those, are, those are scary things. I have a, a friend of mine, my dad and I were out soul winning, and, um, we uh, knocked on a door, invited us in, and uh, a single guy worked a good job, had a beautiful home, had white carpet. I still remember, white. I mean, just uh, not, not off color, white. I was afraid to even walk on it. Long story uh, short, he got saved. He got baptized, started growing, uh, married a lady in our church, and my wife had led to Christ, and they both started teaching Sunday school, and one day, he's gone. He's gone. Where did he go? What happened? And I found out He found an internet Bible scholar that taught that tithing was not for this dispensation. And so since we taught tithing, that was wrong and bad. And he left the church. (laughs) Wait, he had many instructors but you have what? One father who has begotten you in the gospel. I led you to Christ. If it hadn't been for my dad and I knocking on your door, according to the Bible, you'd be in hell for eternity. But you never cared enough about true to come and sit down and say, hey, I listened to this. I heard this. I read this. Is this right? Because if he had, I promise you, biblically, by the way, we will have a podcast coming on that. Um, Biblically, we'll be able to go through all those. and Let me explain that to you, what they said, where that came from, what the Bible says in context, where they could go oh wow, thank you now how does that work out? Horribly uh, divorced messed up life wife messed up life uh, not serving God not in church um, what happened he wasn't careful where he quote got his truth from and um, he didn't realize that he had one quote spiritual father now for me I don't go to people and say, look you need to only listen to me. We have preachers and evangelists and people in all the time, but if there's something that you heard that's different than what you were taught. And we'll we'll talk more about this. You need to make sure that you go to that person. So, uh, but Tim, uh, who led you to Christ? Who was your spiritual father? Who was your pastor that uh, helped you? And uh, between your dad and him, when you have a question, what should you do with it?
2: Yeah, my uh, my my physical father is my dad and my spiritual father is my dad. And then obviously heavenly father is God. Um, but yeah, my dad led me to Christ. And, uh, when I was, when I was a kid, I was young and, uh, and I still remember uh, where we were at, what, what house we were at. And, uh, and I still remember asking my dad about it. And, uh, we knelt. I remember the rocking chair, uh, that we knelt at and, and I prayed and accepted, uh, Jesus. And, um, and, man I go to him still to this day about Amen. doctrine about different things and uh all the time we talk all the time and uh talk to my talk to my parents all the time and and hey uh dad I found this verse what what do you think about this thing you know in this in this passage what what's your thoughts on this and and um I'm going to someone who I, I know my dad walks with God and and he has walked with God for many many years for decades and and I can go to him and bounce things off and and I'm it, sometimes I'm wrong on my, on my thought process on, on some scripture or whatever, and not necessarily heretical, but just, hey, what about this or what about this? And it's fun to be able to go and just bounce the ideas off of him. But um, even too, just uh, my pastor uh, was uh, Pastor Bruce Goddard out in Wildemar, California, and my family mm-hmm. still goes there, and um, my brother's on staff there uh, at church, and, um, and I grew up there uh, since uh, from the time I was born uh, through high school, and, uh, and my pastor, he has not changed. He's stood uh, on this book. He stood firm on what he believes. He stood firm on on what he's taught Um, our church and the believers in our church and going up through the Christian school. uh, He has never changed. We've not seen him change uh, and we've seen him faithful and faithful to the ministry, faithful to uh, God, faithful to getting the gospel out and to be able to have people that I can follow. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times, I guess I'm very hesitant to follow someone who all of the sudden had this, uh, midlife crisis as a pastor or whatever they went through. And not to say that they didn't go through a hard time, but all of a the sudden they found this new thing and they get to share it with everybody else, their journey, their truth their And you listen to them and, and I, you're, you're just listening to what they, what they're saying and what they're, you know, all of the sudden, guess what? I can, I can now with this newfound thing that I found, I can, I can, uh, I can live more like the world. I can uh, be conformed more to this world because of uh, this new grace life I found. And, uh, and you listen to them. And when you try that to scripture, and that's, that's what you said uh, even before, um, talking about where you go uh, on things. I think if we can be anchored to this book, anchored to God's word, anchored uh, to men who have followed this word for decades, as, as a young person for myself, I can see the end of a thing and see the end of their path. Someone who had sort of the, the midlife change as a pastor or the midlife, whatever, uh, I don't really see the end of, of their path yet, but I can see the end of a path of preachers years and decades ahead of me who have passed on or almost retired, and you can see the fruit in their children and their grandchildren oh, really? and all those things. And for me, I want to follow down a proven path. Someone who stuck to this book and, and could someone say, man, they, they followed that book too closely. Okay, then I want to follow someone who followed the book too co- closely if, if it kept them close to God. So I, to me, as a young person, I want to follow someone who has been doing it for decades. They haven't changed, and they're staying as close to the book as they possibly can. That's the path that I want to follow uh, for myself, for my family, and for my kids.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'll talk about that at the end. So Paul knew what was going to happen. Acts twenty twenty nine. he said, For I know this, that after my departing shall... Grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And uh, boy, if you can draw away disciples, say this, it sounds good. Itching ears, tickling their ears. Hey, um, they'll be able to come there. It is a big deal. Jude 1 verse 3, Paul said, I'm sorry, Jude said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you. Here it is that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered under the saints. Is this a big deal? Should we be making a big deal about this? Absolutely. Jude said we should earnestly contend. That's to fight for this. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered under the saints. It's not for your new and private interpretation. It's not for you to be able to, oh, I think it's this and think it's this. No, it was once delivered. It was right the way you received it and that's where you're supposed to keep it and we are supposed to contend for that. Um, so, this was, before I started this study, I, I knew this verse and I quoted this a lot in the Lord's Supper. Um, but here's what it is: First Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That's the way we're supposed to get truth. Paul said, I received it of the Lord, and I delivered it to you that way. It's not your job to change it. It's not your job to improve it. Um, Hey, if you work at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and it's the original recipe, 11 herbs and spices, you say, you know what? I think if I added a couple more of these spices, then it would be better. Sorry. (laughs) It's not your franchise. It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) It's 11 herbs and spices, and that's the same way. This is not your doctrine. This is not your gospel. No, it's Jesus Christ. Paul said, I received it of the Lord this way, and I gave it to you this way, and that's that's the way we're supposed to do it in all truth. And again, he's talking about Lord's Supper there, but that's for everything. It's not my job to change anything, but to pass it on the way I received it. And Paul said that often. So uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I Uh, which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures it is amazing. We're going to do a whole podcast on this, but what people call the gospel. He said, this is a gospel and I gave it to you the way I received it. Just like 1 Corinthians 11 says, this is 1 Corinthians 15. I gave it to you how I received it. And that's what we're supposed to do. And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, that's what it is. And um, he said, and you're to do the same thing. You're to take it the way I gave it to you, the way I received it from the Lord, and you're to pass that on. And if anybody tries to teach you anything different. Here's what Paul told the Romans 16, 17 to do. Now I beseech you brethren, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, which what ye have learned and avoid them. Please listen carefully. You might not think this is very important, but if there are people out there that are teaching you differently than what you learned and what you received, Paul said to mark them. Mark them and avoid them, okay? Uh, Mark and avoid them. That's a big deal because they're gonna hurt you and mess you up and where you're gonna end up, you are not gonna like them. In episode one, I talk about my assistant pastor and what happened, he started listening to people that were different than what I received and what he received. And guess where he's at? He's an agnostic today, his son's an atheist, hates God, alcohol, drugs, um, bisexual, a mess. How does that happen? Because we think, oh yeah, I know better than this. And no, we don't. Paul said, I gave it to you the way I got it and keep it that way. Verse 18 of Romans 16, it says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. I promise you, if you just did this, okay, what was I taught from my pastor? You know what? I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. You'll be a whole lot better off than chasing every wind of doctrine that comes out. You say, well, what if I need to grow or what if I learned something that was wrong? We'll talk about that, okay? Not against that. There's things you can grow and change in, but be very careful who, when, where, how you get those. So again, uh, Colossians chapter 2, Paul said, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. What does it mean? How did you receive him? Like this, then you walk in him this way, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught. Again, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Okay? Again, Paul's telling him, almost every, he told him the Romans that way, he told the Corinthians that way, he told the Colossians that way. Now the Galatians. He said, Galatians 5:7. Uh, ye did run well who? did hinder you that you should not obey the truth. It's not a what that messes people up, it's the who. It's that person you're listening to on YouTube. It's that uh, TV preacher. Oh, wow, he is uh, eloquent, okay? And good words and fair speeches, they deceive, okay? Uh, it's that podcast. It's whatever it is you're listening to that's bringing you away from the truths that you learned from your spiritual father, from your pastor, from the people that led you to Christ. You don't think it's a big deal, then why did Paul warn them so many times about this? Uh, Timothy, love this. Second Timothy two two, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. But the Tim, how strong is that? The same, not something different, not what you think, not what you heard from somebody else. The same, teach thou to faithful men. How powerful is that?
2: Yeah, extremely powerful and uh, having something that was delivered to you having the gospel, the doctrines of God's word delivered to you, being able to take that and keep it and preserve it as truth and pass it on to your children, uh, to people you're discipling, you're witnessing to, and to be able to pass the same thing along so that they can uh, know they're going to heaven, they can be a disciple of Christ and follow God. That is a big, very big deal, being able to commit the same thing that you were taught to faithful men uh, because it's proven, it's tested, it's tried, it's been through the fire, it's been through testing, and being able to to take that and pass that on something that is proven but when you have something that's not proven and you had mentioned before things you're listening to things like that or even just a a book that you had never read before and you found this book of this author and and is it bad to have other books you read no but being able to take that and say okay i read this book it's it's for some reason changing my perspective on on god's word okay Who do I know that knows more about God's word than me? Because it talks about deceiving the hearts of the simple. So I think many times I'm more prone to being simple than I am being wise. So I'm going to go to someone who I know is wise and know God's word and say, Hey, I read this book. It's making me think a little bit different. Can you read it too? And, and, And I got a bunch of questions now. Or, you know, we should be tied to someone who is stay true to God's word and we should be tied to truth and our anchor should be God's word and to faithful men who have delivered faithful truth to us so if we do ever get a question asked us that we don't know or uh something point out, pointed out to us in a book or a podcast or a video or whatever that we don't know and we're unsure of to be able to go back to what we're anchored in God's word right. and men who have been faithful and say hey help me out with this this is uh, how is this can you help me like i'm confused and and i think for for younger people who are considering change, and that's who a lot of times I think, I, 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 well, I think about uh, those who are in my situation, young families uh, just out of college, and young in the ministry and things. Um, I think we get uh, we get a lot of things are getting pushed on us to change different things and to. Um, faithful men who were in the past, uh, who preach God's word. They're being torn down and, and shredded and, and people are trying to attack them, uh, even after they're dead and all these things. And then they attack these faithful men who have preached God's word. They attack, uh, God's word and say, there's no longer uh, a King James Bible and I can prove it to you. Or the King James Bible isn't perfectly preserved. They try and take that. They try and take so many other things and say, Hey, if I can remove, um, when i'm when i'm teaching this to you it's sort of this like deconstruction of removing uh the faithful men that you looked to and followed right. um as they were following christ it's the removal of truth and saying this isn't absolute truth there's many of the different translations that could be maybe sort of could be sort of kind of be all those things and then from there let's change definitions of of things that you believe and there's just this total removal of everything so i think for if you're a young guy with young in ministry, young in family, all those things, um, if you're searching for truth, get back to God's word and go to men who have been faithful in the ministry and they've they've done things for God and ask them questions versus never asking them a question and just keeping uh, that AirPod in your ear listening to the podcast that's causing you to change everything you believe without ever testing it and anchoring it back in truth. And that's exactly
1: what happens. Now, I know you can dismiss this because, hey, you're young, and uh, you know more, and you're smarter. And we, like you said, we don't go back to those uh, people who taught us and listen to them. But you have a real hard time with that in the Bible because so many times, and there's more, where Paul just warns over and over and over, watch out um, for anyone who's teaching something different than what we gave you. 1 Timothy 6, uh, verse 3 and 3 through 5, he said, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. He is proud, knoweth nothing, yep. but doting about questions and stripes of words, wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain of godliness from such withdraw thyself. Well, how strong is that? If any man is teaching anything different than what we taught to you, here's why. Here's what's going on. You don't think that's a big deal, but when you see where your life ends up, you will be. Paul even says, if any man preaches another gospel, or if an angel does, have nothing to do with him. Galatians 1, 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you who would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we say before, uh, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. And so that's how strong it is. What Paul said over and over and over <laughs> in almost every uh, epistle that he wrote, watch out, if anybody teaches anything different than what we taught to you, watch out for them. Um, these people that people are listening to today, what are they teaching? Are they teaching what was given them, or have they changed everything? They're going against the Bible totally on those issues. We're going to deal with the kind of issues they talk about, um, but we thought this ought to be a good thing up front that people look at and say, you know what, I need to be careful. These people are teaching differently than what I learned growing up, and that's not a good thing. Okay, that's not a good thing. That's what Paul said. Paul said, awesome. He said to follow me. Philippians 3, 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. Okay, mark them. Be followers of me, Paul said. First Corinthians 11, 1. Be followers of me even as I also am a christ now again if paul goes off the wrong way then we don't keep following paul we follow christ but paul's warning yep. them listen if you want a very simple way to not mess up follow me as i follow christ now if i go off and stop following christ okay then don't follow them um so uh, but tim this one on tradition i we probably need to do a whole podcast on and I'm gonna run out of time to get into this but it is amazing people say tradition is bad tradition is bad, tradition is bad. and honestly most of the time it is, and I looked up all the times to talk about tradition, Matthew 15, 2, 3, 4, 6, Matthew 7, 3, 7, 5, I um, won't go through them all, but so many times he talks about tradition in a bad way, meaning the tradition of the men that were not right with God, the, the tradition of the Pharisees and what they were doing that was not biblical. But listen to this verse, okay? For you all that hate tradition, and there's nothing in the Bible about going to church, yep. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, that's just your tradition, okay? and throw in whatever you want to throw in, okay? Um, whatever it is you say that's not in the Bible, it's just tradition. Please listen to this. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 6. Now we commend you, brethren, brethren, uh, now we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which ye received of us. What? God said, you're to withdraw yourself. If there's a brother that's walking disorderly and they're not walking after the tradition which you received of us, God says, have nothing to do with them. Um, so is tradition bad? If tradition is put up above the word of God, yes, okay? If tradition goes against the Bible, yes. If tradition doesn't go against the Bible and we received it, you don't have to get rid of that, okay? The tradition was, I was taught church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Is that good? Absolutely. It's a tradition I received and guess what? We're gonna keep doing it. Well, it's not in the Bible, okay? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, is not in the Bible. I got that, but Paul said, the tradition you hear from us, you keep doing that. 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Um, uh, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Here's traditions, okay? Things that he gave us to do. Hey, guess what? We have um, three congregationals, okay? Hey, we have two specials. How come? That's the tradition. It's not in the Bible. Okay, it's not in the Bible, but guess what? It's a good tradition. It's not against the Bible. In the Bible, did they sing hymns? Absolutely. Um, um, In the Bible, did they sing? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna do the same thing, and I receive that as a tradition. It doesn't go against the Bible. I'm not adding it above the Bible. I'm not saying you have to do that to go to heaven, but be very careful about throwing something out just because it was a tradition. Paul said twice. If you received it of me, you're supposed to keep that. Is that crazy, Brother Tim? I mean, how many times have we heard people talk about they're throwing it away because it's tradition and it's not Bible, but yet what Paul said, that's Bible. Take their tradition you, you received and keep it.
2: Yes, absolutely. And people will use that as a question to someone who has been following after or who has been brought up in a in a world with um Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or uh, doing things a certain way, and they'll say that's just tradition, that's not Bible. You can't find it in there. Prove it to me. So, and then people will change and say, Yeah, I couldn't find it in there. It's uh, that's really that's just tradition of men. That's really not a big deal. I think something for all of us to be careful of is when someone's um, pushing us to change. Um, is it causing us to take a step down in right. holiness right. or a step up? Is it causing me to? Uh, conform more to this world, or to tr- be transformed, and by the renewing of my mind and drawing closer and being more dedicated to God. If someone's trying to convince me to be more conform to this world, or to do less of something for God, then that's that's more like compromise than it is just. Uh, stop following traditions of men.
1: Ding, 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 ding. You win. Absolutely. That's it. What direction are they taking you? More Bible? More preaching? More winning souls? More helping people? Hey, that's a good thing. And and the Bible says that so much the more as you see the day approaching. Talking about assembling ourselves together. That's Bible. When someone's trying to pull you away, and just like Brother Tim said, that's not in the Bible. You can't uh, support it in the Bible by that. But I can by the tradition that we were received and Paul said that. And so um, be careful about changing things because of that so um, and by the way it is okay and uh, I don't have time to go into this a lot it's okay to have dissension and disputation. It's okay to disagree, okay? But let's fix those things and go forward, okay? Um, Acts 15, um, and uh, we'll go to the whole thing, but Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, okay? Um, And so they disagreed about what was doing, Paul and Barnabas, hey, they went to the Gentiles and they preached salvation to the Gentiles by grace. Um, First Corinthians, sorry, Acts 15, uh, 24. He said, for as much as ye have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. Okay? There was disputing. There was discussion. There were problems on that. First Corinthians uh, 1, uh, they had uh, disputings saying, I'm a Paul, I'm a Apollos, I'm, I'm a Cephas, I'm of Christ. Okay? But get those settled biblically by finding an answer. And so by finding a Bible answer, what does the Bible say about that? It, it, it's something called systematic Theology, okay. Systematic theology is where you take and you look up that topic everywhere, all throughout the Bible. Okay, study that topic, study that word. People don't like topical anymore, and we'll we'll have a. (laughs) You said topical. We'll have a a, a podcast on that coming up too. But but if you want to study baptism, you don't look at one verse, Acts two thirty eight and not look at the context of that and get your doctrine from that. If you want to study baptism, look up every time in the Bible that someone was baptized, the context around it, and you will have a full understanding of the doctrine of baptism. And so um, so the same thing with all of this. So I was amazed. I knew a couple, I mean, of course, I'd heard these verses, but I knew a couple times in there where it says, okay, commit the same to faithful men, and I received of the Lord that which also I delivered. Okay, once I study that, I mean, a dozen verses plus of Paul saying, listen, you take it the way you received it from us and don't change it and mark and avoid them that do. I wonder how many people would be serving the Lord more and better if they had just stayed with what they were taught instead of thinking that they can, uh, that they can change it and make it better. And uh, they don't realize like Paul, what happens is they are or are soon going to become a castaway. And the souls that used to lead to Christ, they're not anymore. And the danger of that, God says we can receive a loss of reward. You can't lose your salvation, but we can receive a loss of rewards. And I wonder how many people, because of their changing doctrine, we'll have that. So um, let me um, sort of get this to a close. And so so when and how to change, okay? Are there some things we need to grow and change in? Absolutely, okay? Let me give you a few simple principles. Number one, don't be quick to change or don't be given to change, okay? You ought to change slowly with fear and trembling, realizing that I need to grow, but I don't want to be a person given to change or be quick to change where i'm going to end up uh is probably not going to be good number two avoid people who are pulling people away into something different than what you were taught and what you learned avoid those people okay when they're trying to pull you away hey here's more world you can do it it's nothing wrong with it uh here's drinking here's change your standards here you don't have to go to church as much and oh, this is easier be careful to people that are teaching you and pulling you away into something different than what you learned. And number three, this is solid, and we talked about this, but discuss with solid foundational people if there is another thought that you have, okay? Solid foundational people, your pastor, the person that led you to Christ, Um, the people who are solid foundationally, who have been teaching, preaching, believing, living, standing for years. When you start following that person given to change, where are they gonna end up? you have no idea where they're gonna end up and what they're gonna believe, and you will be following along with them. And so um, if you have a question, go to your pastor, sit down and say, look, I may be off on this, be humble, Um, I talked to one of the men's pastors um, early in the week and um, from one of the other podcasts we talked about, and he told me what happened, and he tried to talk to him and tried to help him, and he wouldn't take it. He was proud, (laughs) knew everything, and he's going to mess up and destroy his life and lose rewards because of that. So when you have a different thought, okay, no problem. Sit down and talk to somebody. When I There's a a teaching and a book I'm putting together. And and to be honest, I hadn't heard a lot of teaching about that. And so I was nervous about it. And so um, I would written it up and typed it up and I bounced it off some people. I found some preachers that I, I, uh, they're friends, but uh, they're mean, okay. They're not gonna soft soap anything. They're not gonna agree with me to agree with me. They would more look to disagree with me to find a fault. And I was at a conference and I took a guy like this out for breakfast and I said, hey, I wanna bounce something off of you, some doctrine I wanna make sure I'm thinking right. And he said sure no problem so I bought his breakfast and we talked I explained this teaching and doctrine to him and uh, he said well what do you want I said nothing what are you trying to get out of me nothing I said why did you do this I thought I want to throw this doctrine out to see if there are any holes in it is this sound um, are there any doctrinal holes in this and he said I've not heard that preached but no he's searching his mind for all throughout the Bible and he said he said no I can't find anything that goes against the Bible from what you said. I was at a different conference and uh, was eating across the table at the lunch break uh, from this guy and he's, um, he was a deacon at First Baptist and a preacher, missionary. He was an old Navy SEAL. I mean, hard-nosed, tough guy. So I'm explaining this uh, thought to him. He just looked at me straight the whole time, no expression, <laughs> couldn't read him, didn't nod, didn't agree, didn't image, just looked stone cold at me the whole time. Like, okay, this is not going well. He's getting ready to blow me out of the water and he would. His first, after I explained this to him, he said, son, how old are you? I think I was like 36 at the time. He looked at his wife beside him and said, how come he gets to learn this at 36 and I didn't learn this till I was 65? He said, you are right on, straight on, exactly that's what the Bible says. And honestly, if those two men had said, I think there's some truth there, but there's some error. What about, what about, what about, oh, wow, you're right, I didn't see that thank you. Okay. And, and, yep. and we should be, if our truth is right, then we should be willing to do that. Sit down with somebody and I picked them in on purpose. That I knew, knew the Bible who were not going to just pat me on the head and say, Oh, that's nice. If I was off, they would let me know that it was off. And we need to be willing to do that. That might save your ministry. That might save your rewards, that might save your family. Who knows what that's going to save uh, to be able to do that? So, um, and uh, this last little thing, and then I'll have one more last little thing. You know how we like to close. Um, but um, <laughs> why do people change, okay? Why do people change? Uh, there's a discontentment, okay? They're looking for the, on the outside f- for something for their joy and happiness instead of on the inside. and say, oh, I'm not being fed then go kill it yourself and, and eat it. You don't need someone to bottle feed you. You can go to the Bible and dig <laughs> out yourself. Well, I'm, I'm not growing. Okay, that's your fault. Um, I, oh, I'm not content. God said having food and raiment let us be there with content. this with contentment is great game. Why don't people change so they have a discontent with that? Number two, why do they change? Because they're looking for something new, something better, something more fun, some style. Uh, nobody wants to wear the clothes that are outdated doctrine never gets outdated but people are looking like the athenians um in act 17 they wanting to hear some new thing to either to tell or hear some new thing and boy that shouldn't be that way anytime i hear something new i'm automatically okay i'm not going to trust this uh, it's that new thing it's david's um the armor of Saul. He has not proven it. And number three, I think they want to change for the sake of change. They're given to change. They want to be cutting edge. They want to be new and style and, and um, they don't want to follow somebody else. They want to cut their own way. Problem is that's not going to turn out well for you. And uh, I've watched that. I've seen that. Had a system pastor and friends and guys I went to college with do that, and it doesn't end well. Don't be like that. But Tim, any thought you have on um, on people that you've seen do that? Why, uh, where it happens? Where they're going to end up at?
2: Yeah, I think being given to change just in life in general. If you're a dad and a and a father and you have a family and you're always changing jobs you're always changing onto the next thing you're always uh moving around and and th- and people do well sometimes with that but overall it it the constant change um brings a lack of stability and uh st- being stable comes from not being given to change and, uh, knowing what you believe and standing on it and standing firm. And, and if you are ever changed to grow or to, or to do more for God or to do more at your church or things like that, that's a good thing. But if someone's ever trying to take you away from certain things. Uh, I think that should be, uh, you should be very careful and very cautious of that. Um, I think back to um, just this principle I remember in, in high school, something, this may sound stupid to people, but I remember in high school, the way I combed my hair, I've I've combed my hair. If you're looking at the video, you can see my hair. I've combed my hair the same for, you know, since I was a little kid. So, um, But I remember in high school at a certain point, I wanted to change the way I combed my hair. And I remember telling my parents, you know, hey, I want to start, and and I respected them and I I cared about their opinion. But I I was like, I want to change this certain hairstyle and I want to start doing my hair different. And I still remember my dad, he's like, okay, you can. He's like, just um, look at who you're trying to change your hair like. And look at their life he was like and then just look at the men you respect look at their hair and he's like and then make your make your choice and at, at that point i was almost out of high school things like that so he was just um i was you know i was like hey i just want to change my hair and do things different and is changing your hair bad? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a sin. You know, we're on the Fundamental Baptist podcast. I'm not saying your certain hairstyle is a sin. I'm just saying the principle of it with change. I feel like at that point it was one of those things I I took from um, my dad teaching me. Hey, I'm looking to men men who I I I look up to. I respect. They've led their families in right paths. They have kids that I admire. They've been doing it for years. Um, they're not changing their hairstyle every other week or uh, what they do with their clothes and they're not given to change. They're just they're they've picked what they're what they're gonna look like. They've picked what they're gonna do, they've picked where they're gonna go to church, they've picked what they're gonna believe, and they've stuck to it. So just that principle overall was something I took. and I, when I w- go to have my family, guess what? or and I have my family, but going into that, I was like, I'm not gonna be a dad and a father and a husband who's constantly changing. I want to be stable, I want to be solid on what I believe and sticking to truth. And that truth is God's word. And, uh, and being given a change, I think is just very, very dangerous.
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to close with that. I want to be like the apostle Paul, where he said at the end of his life, second Timothy chapter four, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Here it is. I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I was given it and I kept it. I want to have that. And he said in the next verse, henceforth, because I've kept that faith, I've finished my course, and I've fought a good fight, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. The people that are changing are not changing for Jesus. They're not changing for God. They're not changing to do more for God. They're not looking forward to Jesus coming back. They're changing for a lot of other reasons. I want to be like Paul to be able to say, I've kept the faith. One of the best advice that I've ever received as a young preacher was this. Hey, where do you want to be when you end this thing? When this is all over, when you go to heaven, where do you want to be? And I said, you know what? I want to be faithfully married to my wife, faithfully married. I I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to be faithful to the local church. I want to be faithful to this book, I want to not have changed. I want to get to the end of my life and still believing and doing the things that I started with. So what path will get me there? So follow the people who are here on that path and follow them like they follow Christ, okay? There's so many people that are gonna end up where they never thought they would be. I talk to people all the time, never thought I'd end up here, never thought I'd end up here. What happened? You got on the wrong path. You started following the wrong people. Uh, just like Brother Tim said, find those people that you want to be like and you follow them and, uh, and don't change those things. So um, there are people that are going to end up where they never wanted and their children are going to end up where they never intended them to be. And so many times we don't think about that. We don't think about what you're doing when you, oh, yeah, it's OK to drink socially. And what are your kids going to do? And what are their kids going to do? Okay. You're not thinking about that. You think this is okay. and You can handle it. Anyway, we'll have an episode on alcohol and get into that big time. But you don't realize where you're going to stop and where your kids are going to stop is not good. When you hear people that are different, and there are times that we will, listen differently and listen carefully. Listen with a discerning ear and ask God to help you to spot errors. Um, I've already mentioned uh, probably five different podcasts we're going to do. We're going to do it on Calvinism. Um, big issue. And so um, I've studied a lot. I've taught it a lot, but I've studied it from people who believe like us against Calvinism. And so, okay, if I'm going to teach this like this, I need to make sure I know what they're really saying, not just what someone says they say. And so I asked people who believe in Calvinism. Hey, who's the best teacher of this? Who's the uh, guy who's got it and knows it and teaches it and trains it? And they gave me a name, okay. I was a little nervous. I don't wanna be a Calvinist. <laughs> I don't wanna change into that. And I'm gonna listen and ooh, Calvinism is for uh, smart people, intellectual people, that's who get messed up in that. And so I prayed, God, give me a discerning ear. God, give me wisdom. God, remind me of truth. And listening to those uh, videos and the training that they're on, I am shocked even more than ever, how many things they missed, how many Bible things they threw out to be able to believe that. And I say that to say this when you listen to somebody or something that you don't know who they are, where they're from, I'll turn on the radio sometime and, all right, here's this preacher. And I'll like, okay, let me see if I can hear the buzzwords to say, oh, he's this, oh, he's this. I listen differently than if I was listening to my pastor. And so we need to be like the people of Berea that said they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. And um, boy, we need to make sure that we're doing that. The um, time I was a freshman in Bible college, uh, just finished my first year, came down to Tennessee for the summer to make sure my friends and family were saved. And I started seeing all these Church of Christ churches. Um, and they're called Campbellites sometime named after their founder of Alexander Campbell and so I didn't know what they believed and so I just walked in one day and said, hey I'm a young ministerial student I see a lot of Church of Christ I don't know what you guys believe can we talk and I'm uh, sure then I'm with this old preacher and you know hey I'm a freshman <laughs> uh, I finished my first year of Bible college I know the Bible man when I got out of there with it, Tim, my head was spinning my head was spinning it hurt I was inside just like shaking like what in the world I dove into the Bible dove into the Bible studied yep. studied Got some good books from uh, people. Uh, Hugh Pyle has a great book, The Truth About the Church of Christ. Dove into that book, drove to the Sword of the Lord. Uh, got books and training and listened because I knew that it was more than what, and, and now, man, I'm an expert. <laughs> I went to so many Church of Christ, People of Christ. They, uh, <laughs> they've written me up in their paper and said, uh, warned, them, warned them about me uh, because I know this truth and I know where they're coming from. But so many times we don't and we get caught up in something. If I had not gone to the right place to get those answers, Where would I be right now? What would I be teaching? What would I be believing? And there's so many times that that happens. So I don't want that to happen. So um, so be careful. It is a big deal. Oh, it's no big deal. No, it is. It is a big deal where you end up at. And so number one, Paul said, warned over and over the way I received it, that's how I gave it to you. You're supposed to take it that way, receive it, and pass it on that way. It's not the word of you. It's not the word of David or Tim. It's the word of God, and we're to receive it and pass it on that way. And if there's something that you need to grow in, that God is growing you in, great. Make sure it's Bible. Make sure you're not trying to get away, get out of doing more for God. Ask some people who are solid in the faith, your your father in the faith, uh, to make sure that you're not going to end up somewhere where you're not. So, Tim, any closing uh, that you have?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, just lastly, uh, um, that I have to say really is if you've already changed, if you're someone who listened to this, you've already changed on a bunch of things or you're looking to change, you're strongly looking to change. Um, then there's not, probably not much we'll say that'll change your mind most likely. But, um, but really if you're someone who's seeking truth and you just want to make sure you stay, uh, walking in truth, then I invite you to listen to what we've said, but most importantly, invite you to just stay close to God's word. When you mentioned after talking to the church of Christ pastor, you dove into the, into God's word. That was your anchor. And that's what I want my anchor to be. When I hear something that does cause me to question, uh, I want to go straight back to the, to my anchor and, and my foundation and to, and to those who taught me about this book. That's what I want to run to and get back to truth because, um, I don't think anybody's ever going to get to the judgment seat of Christ and face a consequence or a loss of rewards for staying too close to God's word, uh, staying too close to God, and trying to be closer to God than uh, than than other people, or really just more based on God's word. But but I do think there can be a loss of rewards if if I'm changing what I believe to be less and follow less of God's word. And so I think overall, if, um, if we can just stay seeking truth and stay tied to God's word, we'll stay from change and be able to be steadfast into the faith, unmovable, uh, uh, unwavering, abounding in the work of the Lord. And that's what my goal is to be. Hopefully that's all of ours. Amen.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I- In this closing. And by the way, if you could see my notes, it says closing on here. So really, this is the closing. This is the one. (laughs) Um, But, um, but to be able to see and realize if someone and how someone's changing. And by the way, I don't want to give up on those people that are starting to change. You can turn around and get back to where you need to be. You ought to, with fear and trembling, realize, uh oh, I'm on a path. Am I going to like where I end up at? The answer is no. Okay, get back. Okay, <laughs> read the, the yep. letters to the churches uh, in Revelation and see that they could change. They could get back what they uh, what they lost and get back there. I think we need to. But ask this question: the direction you're going, are you winning more people to Christ or less? Are you doing more for God or less? I think that is a strong, strong point to see. You know yep. what? If this is, I used to win a lot of people to Christ, and I really don't. I'm not doing it that much. That's a direction you can look at and see. Now, what happens is to justify your position, you're going to have to say, oh, those people aren't saved anyway. So he doesn't work anyway. Or you're going to become a Calvinist and say, well, they're not chosen. You'll change your doctrine to justify you not leading people to Christ. If it hasn't already happened, it will. And that's not what you want. So uh, in closing, these uh, two verses, Titus 1, 9 holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. That's what we want. Sound doctrine, no holes in it. Titus 2.1, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Love that phrase, love that thought. I want you to keep that in your mind. Are there any holes in your doctrine? What about, what about? get rid of it, get back to sound doctrine. So, uh, Tim, last thing, uh, should we tell them what the next podcast is going to be? Should, uh, should we, um, tease that and let them know what is going to be uh, next for us? So,
2: yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That'd be,
1: that'd be good. So, um, I've got some other guys we've interviewed and, uh, and so, um, I don't know when our next one will pop. Uh, but the next one that, that Tim and I plan on doing, are you ready? Legalism. <gasps> No, yes. Mm-hmm. Legalism. Okay. Uh, biblical legalism, theological legalism, explaining it right in truth. Um, I would believe to say you have not heard it, this well thought out logic in there. I believe I could go to almost any of the other guys that are teaching, oh, legalism, legalism, and they would have to listen to what we're going to talk about and go, okay. I give you that. So don't miss that. That'll be in the next episode that Brother Tim and I do, and I believe it'll be a help. So, hey, we are uh, a minute over um, that uh, <laughs> where I want to be, but uh, I'm glad that you guys stayed and listened. Hope we're a help. If you do have a question, uh, the Fundamental Baptist Podcast, and uh, also if you have a suggestion, maybe a topic or an issue that you see is a really big deal out there, I probably have it on our list, but uh, if not, let us know, and we'd love to be able to prepare and help people. Uh, so we believe, right? So God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist
2: Podcast at gmail.com.